it was a tough, tough week for the anti-conference realignment crowd. Because did you see some of the Big Ten conference schedules that they released? They released all the conference schedules from 2024 <clears throat> through 28, excuse me. Boys, we are in for some elite level football. Like these matchups that we're going to have are insane. You've got teams playing Oregon, USC, Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, like all in the same conference schedule. Like no more you get Rutgers, Indiana, Northwestern three weeks in a row. We oh, and the college football playoffs expanding. So like if your team loses two games, you don't have to like act like your season's over. Anti-conference realignment crowd. Man, yeah. just took get a fat on, L yesterday. You took get a fat on L. Board. Get on board. This is gonna be awesome. You you now like if you were a season ticket holder for one of the upper echelon Big Ten teams, including the teams that are coming in next year. Oh my gosh. You are in for an absolute joyride for the remainder of your life. You are just going to be in hog heaven, as uh, our wonderful football coach coined it. (laughs) Because the games are just unreal. I'm super excited for it. Michigan's schedule next year is one of the hardest football schedules I've ever seen in my life. And I'm so excited for it because there's a 12-team playoff. So... They could lose two of those games and still get in. They could maybe lose three and still get in. They could. They they might be the only team that could lose three games and get in next season. Actually, no, that's not true. Twelve teams. There's a couple of three loss teams in the top twelve. I feel like at the end of the season. So I take that back. They could definitely get in. Listen, that's cool and all. I'm really excited to see like USC and UCLA play in like Minnesota in like November. That's going to be the best because you're going to have these guys that are going to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to throw the ball five bajillion times against these clowns. And then Minnesota's like, oh, yeah, we just took a nice little polar plunge in negative 32 degree weather. And then USC is going to be like, I cannot feel my ankles because they are broken off. Because they're frostbite. I can't feel my face when I play you. Because it's freezing. Oh, my goodness. Big Ten football is just getting better and better. And if you love Big Ten football, then you came to the right place. Welcome to Big Banter, everybody. If you're a new listener, hit that follow and that subscribe button. And if you're a repeat listener, you should have pressed it already. Make sure you're following us on the socials, Instagram and threads at B1G Banter. And then on Twitter or X at B1G Banter Pod. Ethan, say something Say something saucy to the listeners. Let me get nice and close so these listeners can hear me. Welcome to Big Banter Pillow Talk with your host, Ethan Davidson. Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and relax. We are so happy to have you on this beautiful, beautiful day. I want you to surrender yourself to the beautiful sounds of The Pigs, brought to you by the three of us, Corey's Versina, Alex Day, and me, Ethan Davidson. 
Thank you so much for listening. Oh my gosh. I got chills. You didn't say you didn't say something nice. You said saucy, so I figured that was the best I could do. I got chills. I don't I got exactly what I asked for and exactly what I wanted. I don't really know how to react right now. (laughs) Can can I take it back? (laughs) No, you cannot. I'm sweating over here. Dear God. (laughs) All right, boys. We do have the picks. We've got some I I was gonna say elite. We've got some mediocre week seven matchups to to pick this week. But first Oh wait, Corey, yes. If you don't like mediocre there. matchups, you don't like Big Ten football, baby. That's that right. is the truest. That is the uh, right there. That's the best thing that's ever been sh- said on this show. And it came from Corey. Before we get into the picks, though, we've got a fan question from Teague Cutrell. He says, Who gets into the college football playoff if each of the big three in the Big Ten goes eleven and one? It's an interesting question with, honestly, a pretty likely, I don't want to say likely, it's a realistic scenario that Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State all go 11-1. and one. Corey, what are, you, what are you thinking over there? I don't think they can decide. They just put all three of them in there and see what happens, you know? I, I, think, I think the honest answer to the question is we would have to look at the tiebreaker scenarios. Um, I don't know what those are because if you have a round robin of like, well, Michigan beat Ohio State but lost to Penn State, and Ohio State lost to Michigan but beat Penn State, then I don't know. I, it would go to a tiebreaker. So, it would, and obviously whoever goes to the Big Ten Championship game and sure. wins makes the playoff, right? So now the question yeah. is just can the other two get in still? You'll get one of them. Which, well, no. it kind of – so what if this happens? What if you have an undefeated Georgia SEC champ, an undefeated Oklahoma SEC champ, and then like a Big 12? Or sorry, yeah, Big 12, my fault. And then like, what if Oregon is a one-loss Pac-12 champ? Like then just all the champs are getting in. And you uh, also have you Florida to State. Say, you meant to say Washington, not Oregon, but that's okay. Um, so I... I would say, honestly, you need what I think is going to happen. You need the Pac-12 to cannibalize itself. You need them to have a two-loss Pac-12 champ and get nobody in like they did last year. Like Utah won it last year, and they didn't have a chance to get in the playoff. You need something like that to happen. And then if it does, the Big Ten can get two teams in. But that's the only realistic scenario where it happens. Which is sad because the Pac-12 is so stacked. Well, I think I think you might need something else too because if you get the SEC champ and you get the Big 12 champ and you get the Big 10 champ and the Pac-12 champ is out, you have to. I think you need Florida State to lose the Pac-12 championship game to a two-loss Clemson. F- Florida State is in the Pac-12 now. I'm about to be. Who knows? ACC, frick, man! I'm getting all my conferences mixed up. You need Florida State to lose in the ACC championship game. You know that you do, and it doesn't really feel like Florida State is a playoff team at this point. Even though I picked them to go to the playoff, uh, I don't know. They've played a really hard schedule, though. 
I don't know. It's going to be super, super hard this year for any conference to get two teams in. Right now, I would say no. The winner of the Big Ten gets in, and that's it. At what point does like the college football playoff committee just go rogue and be like, you know what? The Pac-12 was so good. We're just going to put four of them suckers in there, you know? Except they have one team with high enough level talent on offense and defense to actually compete with any of the three other teams that would get put in the playoff. And that's Washington. Yeah. But, but Oregon is bodacious, bro. Oh my gosh. If I hear one more thing about Bo Nix, I'm going to throw up. I agree. I think Washington's the best team in the PAC 12. So there you go, Ethan. Thank you. Thank you. So bottom line answer to the question, big 10 champs for sure getting in. And you need a lot of help to even get one more Big Ten team in. I think. Oh yeah. Two is the max. Two is the max. You're not getting three unless all hell breaks loose. Zero percent chance you're getting three. Zero. They would, they would let they would let in a two loss Pac-12 Big Twelve champion before they would let a third team from the Big Ten with one loss in. All right. So now. It's time for the picks. So week six was a legendary week in Big Banter history. This will forever go down in Big Banter lore. We are making the banner as we speak. Corey Cercina has given us our first undefeated week in the picks, going 6-0 and with the Big Ten games and with the Georgia and Red River rivalry picks. Corey... Round of applause for you. Do you have anything to say? Do you have a speech prepared? Uh, no, not really. But I just want y'all to know, uh, when my back's against the wall, I show up. Just when you think I'm When bad. your back's against the wall, you flip a coin. I didn't flip a coin. Not at all. <laughs> I, I'm just making fun of last year, Corey. I, I'm just taking shots. You know what? Last year, Corey's taking some strays right now. <laughs> and that's last year. You know what? My shovel is sharp, and my will is outstanding. Shout out Rod Marinelli, baby. What if Corey was secretly using the coin this whole time and just wasn't Absolutely. I, you think I'm going to let this go to the – go by chi- – no, I owned this undefeated week. Are you kidding me? Boomer Sooner, go dogs. And then Iowa sucked not as bad as Purdue. That's basically it. (laughs) Uh, Ethan Ethan went four and two this week. I went three and three. So ladies and gentlemen, we've got ourselves a race in the picks. I am 34 and 22. Ethan's 32 and 24. And Corey is 31 and 25. It is a tight, tight race. Listen, people, if you're betting, you could be betting any of our three picks and you'd be making money. I just want to chime in real quick and let you know yeah. that is unheard of. There are literally podcasts that are dedicated solely to sports betting who do nowhere near as good as the three of us are doing right now. And he, so and he, just want to let you guys all in on and that. And even before my historic, unprecedented, unpredictable week, you weren't losing money with me. You just weren't making it, you know? You were paying the juice because you're normally p- paying minus one ten. So you were paying the juice. When in so when in doubt, just... push. Oh, oh boy. Well, oh. that's all Ohio State does. So 
Literally, literally, they just push every spread. Corey should actually start calling the push. All right, so week seven games. We've got one, two, three, four, five. We've got six games to pick. Ethan, do you have some surprise games for us out of conference? Love it. I've got the uh, I've got the spreads pulled up, but you update me if any of these have changed, if you're checking them. So we will start off with Indiana traveling to the big house to play the Michigan Wolverines. Um, Michigan's favored in this one, in case you were wondering, and they are favored by a number that is rather large for football scoring. For in-conference football. In-conference football, it is it is a bigger number. The number is 33.5. 33.5-point favorite Michigan is. Um, boy, oh boy. Uh, I'm picking Michigan. Can I go first? Oh, ah, I stole it from you. I, I, I took it right out from underneath you. So sorry. But yeah, I, uh, I'm going with Michigan in this one. Michigan is playing their best football right now. And I think they'll cover the spread maybe in one half of football. I don't even know if they'll need to get to the second half. Indiana is, is poop to quote Ted Lasso. If, if you know, you know. So give me Michigan minus 33 and a half in this one. <laughs> I mean, there isn't too much sharp analysis that goes into this. Michigan's back at home after two unbelievable games on the road. Is there room for a letdown? Sure. Is it going to happen against a vastly inferior opponent? No. Is Michigan probably going to get their first shutout of the year? I actually think so. I think Michigan wins this game 45 to nothing and covers the spread. Indiana is a hot steaming pile. And of what? Oh, uh, excrement. <laughs> Too big of a word for me. Oh, I can't spell that. <laughs> you could poo poo. Um might as well just make this the uh, certified big tent or big banter uh, super lock of the week. Uh, I, I I don't think I can give you one positive thing about the Hoosiers right now. And I, we're gonna, we're going to see two quarterbacks in this game because I think one of them is going to get hurt and not going to be able to play. Not because Michigan's whoa, 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 whoa. What? We don't predict injuries I, here. We predict. Scores. I'm just saying, well, and they're rotating through these, this quarterback stuff. They've got, uh, uh well, apparently they're going to rotate an ACL. <laughs> you never know. Uh, Corey, are you, Corey, are you reporting that there's a bounty out oh in the Michigan gosh, locker room? for? No. Are you what? Corey, are you, do you have money on injuries? Are you betting injuries? Are you are you betting on the black market? Listen, you can only dominate the regular market for so long, and then you got to go elsewhere. You know, Corey's greed has gotten the best of him. This man is a pastor. You know what's you know what's just perfect. I didn't bet a single dollar on last week's games at all. Oh, dude, I I am freaking, what, how many games over 500? I haven't bet a dollar on any game this year because I'm too worried I'm going to become an addict so really, and need the helpline. So really at the end of the day, <laughs> really at the end of the day, Ethan's the only one who's been making money this year from these picks. Correct, correct. He is the only one who's making money. 
All right, next game up, Ohio State. The Buckeyes are traveling to Purdue. They are entering the home of the spoiler makers. It isn't a night game, though, which if it was a night game, I'd send shivers down your spine. Ohio State is a 19.5-point favorite on the road. Down to 19. Down to 19, thank you. Ohio State is a 19-point favorite, which it takes away the half points. We can actually call a push now if we want to. Um. Who wants to go first? I'll take this one first because it's Corey Spoiler Makers. I'm laughing because of how excited he just got when you said you could pick a push. My time has come. If you, guys, if you guys have been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you know last year Corey loved his pushes, loved to pick a push, and not a single one that he picked a push actually pushed. Oh, my goodness. So – um, Purdue is absolutely awful. Ohio State tends to run up the score in the second half. Um, I know it's on the road. I don't really anticipate Purdue putting up much of a fight in this game. Uh, they are not as good as Maryland is, and Ohio State took care of them fairly easily. Like you said, it's a noon game. It's not a night kick, so they don't have to worry about that. I don't know why that changes the, the dynamic of a game, but it just really does. Um, give me Ohio State. I'll punt the 19. I'm fairly comfortable with that number. Listen, I I, I love the spoiler makers. I really do. Um, and this number seems kind of weird to me. Um, but it, this is Purdue's either going to win this game by 30, like they do against Ohio State, or they're going to lose by 160. Uh, I have zero faith in Purdue right now. Just none whatsoever so for that reason ohio state well they ain't winning by 30 no they're not winning by 30 so you know what ohio state just go ahead and win by 20 and then somehow get this to be a push so it doesn't count for as a lot but ohio state's gonna steamroll i think Corey, i am so disappointed i am so disappointed in you am i going to be the only one Who's hopping on the Boilermaker train this week? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not predicting an upset. But you're giving me 19 points. Purdue is at home. And they're coming off a really, really bad performance. They're obviously due for a bounce back game. This is what happens with Purdue. They lull you into a sleep. Oh, we're not any good. Oh, we suck. Psych. We can be pretty good sometimes. And honestly... When you go look at the numbers, one thing that Purdue is actually really good at compared to the rest of the nation, they can get pressure on the quarterback. I think Kyle McCord's gonna gonna be on his back a little bit too much. An Ohio State team that just allowed three sacks to Maryland is now playing a team that's better at pressuring the quarterback. I think Purdue's covering this nineteen points. I think Ohio State wins, but I think this deficit's gonna be closer to Anywhere in the 14 to 17 range. I don't think it gets up to 19. Elite level. Elite level analysis there. I love it. Thank you, man. He seemed, he you. seemed to have forgot that Purdue is one and three at home this year. And he also said, we can be okay sometimes. <laughs> that's all I need. That's what no, you that's don't. what <laughs> killed me last year. Ohio State's one of the five best teams in the country. You need to be a lot better than we can be 
pretty oh, good. Oh, I don't think they're – well, that's the thing. I don't think they're one of the five best teams in the country. Alex. That's another well, there's not that many. There's not that many good Your teams. Your bias is Sorry showing. You. Are, my, are my colors showing? Oops. Sorry. I'll put my podcast clothes back on. All right. Michigan State traveling to – Corey, you want to do the honors? <sighs> Michigan State travels to Rutgers, and man, if you would have said this two years ago, people would have said you were crazy. Rutgers is a five and a half point favorite at down home. to five, down to five. Dang it, five point favorite at home over Michigan State. Michigan State in this one, nothing's technically confirmed but they are more than likely going to have a different starting quarterback. Noah Kim is going to be sitting on the bench, and their redshirt freshman, Caten Hauser, is supposedly going to start, former four-star recruit. So they're going to see what they have in the four-star recruit. Corey, I'm sure you're excited about this one. What do you have in the MSU Rutgers game? Oh, absolutely. You think I'm going to not take Rutgers covering this spread? Oh, my gosh. This is going to be the game of the week for me i i you know that meme of the guy like going to my biggest haters funeral that's kind of me right now and this is what's gonna happen when rutgers wins this game by a touchdown they're gonna win this game by a touchdown that's it they're not gonna like pound them they're gonna win this game by a touchdown but it's just rutgers football covering the spread and winning you know what i might i'm doing something i'm making this my lock of the week too and this is just sheer hatred as well for this Michigan State Spartans team. But at some point, I got to feel a little bit bad for them, just a little. But right now is not that time. Man, I have had such a hard time with this game. Such a hard time with this game. It is hard to know what either of te- these teams are because Rutgers, their record is really good but they haven't played super tough competition, but they played Wisconsin pretty close, but they also got kind of a fluky score late because of a fumble and Michigan state's putting a new quarterback out there. It's just so hard to really get a read on either of these teams. And because of that, I'm just going to take the team with the points. I think both of these teams want to run the football. So I think this is going to be a muddy knockout, drag out, just knuckles through the mud fight between these two teams. So I think it's going to be slow. I think it's going to be close. And I'm taking the team with the points when I think it's going to be a game like that. Now, who do I think is going to win? I do. I I will take Rutgers to win this game. I will take Rutgers to win by three at the most. But give me Michigan State plus five. Michigan State, plus five. They're going to win the game outright. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Rutgers is really bad. They haven't played anybody. And the score, like I said, against Wisconsin was a farce last week. What what football team have you been watching? Alex is over here saying, saying Rutgers doesn't play tough competition and then Michigan State rolls in. Did I say, did I say Michigan State was good? Did any part of my no no no? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I'm just honing in on the fact that Alex was like, they haven't played any tough competition, and then 
Michigan State follows in that sentence. That's what I'm. Yeah, well, State, that's what I'm honing it. Also, on. not tough competition, but Michigan State there. Michigan State plus five. Michigan State plus five. Corey, you're on an island. I'm gaining a game, baby. I don't care. All right, next game up. This is. It, I believe this is the first time somebody has taken their lock of the week and been on an island. No, I did. There was the Purdue game against Virginia Tech. I took that as my lock of the week. All right, next game up, and this this is going to be a familiar name to the three of us and some people listening. The Don Brown coached UMass football team, and I said football team because I don't know who their mascot is. <laughs> they are traveling to Penn State and playing the Nittany Lions. Corey, do you know their mascot? You mean to tell me the, the pride of Massachusetts, the UMass Minutemen? Oh, that's actually kind of a sick name. Oh, let's go. The UMass Minutemen, led by former Michigan defensive coordinator Don Brown, travels to Penn State. And oh, they, by the way, catching 42 and a half. 42 and a half point underdogs. Yikes. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this. Penn State's record against the spread is so freaking good this year. I think they might be... I think they might be undefeated against the spread. I think James Franklin, I think he likes covering. I think he likes covering the spreads. I think he takes a peek before games. And also he's shown us when he puts his backups out there, he's trying to score. His philosophy is I've already taken the starters out, so I want to get my backups as many good reps as I can. So he's actually trying to still score with the backups out there. So give me Penn State minus 42 and a half. Oh, I'm trusting that this is when Vegas gets it right and water starts to find its level. Um, I know nothing about the UMass football team. I do know that 42 and a half is a lot of points. I'm I'm going to take UMass here, um, knowing full well that they are the best team in the country against the spread. But it's kind of on a fluke because the Northwestern game was like so crazy that they covered that game. So I'm going to trust that water starts to kind of find its level here, starts to balance things out. I'm going to take UMass plus the 42 and a half. I can't believe they're allowed to watch this game or allowed to play this game in front of the children because this is just going to be an absolutely disgusting performance out there. I'm go- I kind of want to hide in Don Brown's mustache because it's I'm not going to be able to watch this football game. Don Brown's bad. I'm still kind of bitter from everything that happened. Um, I don't see any way that UMass keeps this close to the spread at all. They might lose by 60. They're one in five. Very bad football team. Sorry about it. Give me, give me the lions. One. They're actually one in six. They're even worse than you thought. Mm, Extra loss. All right. Next game up. Illinois is traveling to Maryland, Maryland, trying to bounce back after a super sloppy game at Ohio state. Illinois trying to bounce back from a a whole season worth of slop. Maryland is a 13.5-point favorite still, Ethan. That's what they had on FanDuel 14. earlier today. 14. 14. Maryland moves up to a 14-point favorite. Don't you love this, guys? You're getting, like, you're getting live numbers as of Monday night at 11.37 p.m. We are just like, man, we're on top of things over here at Big Banter. 
Um, I think I went first on the last one. Ethan, Maryland minus 14, who you got? Oh, this is one of those games where it's like you're coming off a really, really terrible performance in Maryland in a game where you wanted to play really well. It's like you you just you kind of expect them to just go out there and kind of cut it loose after such a poop performance. And Illinois is, like Corey predicted, really bad. I think Maryland goes out there and gets it done. I think they might win this game by like up to three touchdowns. I think they're going to really put it on Illinois. I think they're going to let uh, Tungavailoa sling it around out there. He's really good against bad teams, and Illinois is a bad team. And they've lost all of the good players in their secondary. Couldn't agree more. Um, Illinois is bad, and I think this is just going to let like leave a, like, a sour taste in the mouth of every Maryland player. Um, and Honestly, they still have a respectable uh, record to play for. I, I could they be a team that makes some noise at the end of the year and get in a a decent bowl game? Yeah, I think that matters to them a little bit. Um, so start that by taking care of business this Saturday uh, against Illinois. I agree with Ethan. They could win this game by three touchdowns. Maybe they win it by four because that's how down I am on Illinois. Yeah, make this another big banter lock of the week. I'm also going with Maryland. They're not going to play. You know, actually, I take this back. They could still play as bad as they did last week and still cover the spread against Illinois. Illinois is really, really freaking bad. And they just got torched by a dual-threat quarterback in Nebraska. Talia can do some stuff with his feet, too. He had a rushing touchdown against Ohio State. So give me Maryland to cover minus 14. Now, last game of the week, the most interesting game of the week, in terms of what's on the line, this probably is the battle for the Big Ten West. This is Iowa traveling to Wisconsin. Whoever wins this game has firm control of their destiny when it comes to getting to Indianapolis. Wisconsin gets it at home. They are favored by 9.5 over the Ferentz and Deacon Hill-led Iowa Hawkeyes. Is this is this Corey going first in this one? Yeah. Corey, are the Badgers staying in the driver's seat, or will Iowa take over? Did you give the spread? Uh, nine and a half. Ten. Ten now. Wisconsin favored by ten over Iowa. Mm, I really want to call it push here. I really do, but I'm not going to because that's against the rules. Um, This, I mean, this game is huge in the West landscape. We've already talked about that. Um. I'm going to take Iowa to cover, not to win, but to cover. And here's why Um, they're going to play to Wisconsin's strength. And that is they're going to make, they're going to just stack the box. They're going to make Wisconsin pass the ball. Um, And for whatever reason, Iowa secondary is still very good. And Mordecai, who has been known to turn the ball over a little bit, um, that's going to be a very interesting matchup to see. They're not going to let Braylon Allen beat them in this game. They're going to do everything that they can to stop him. Um, and I've also been talking to a couple of Wisconsin fans that have been watching this team closely this year. Um, Braylon Allen is a little banged up. So that's that's maybe why we aren't seeing him carry the ball even more than we are seeing him carry the ball right now. 
Um, and I think that's a recipe to keep this game very, very close. Again, I was not going to win this game, but it could be one of those greasy Big Ten West performances um, where it's like 10 to 3, something like that. Um, that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm looking forward to. Um, and the uh, uh, the Brian Ferentz counter incrementally goes up, but not to the average that it needs to be. I think that this is one of those situations where I kind of look at the total and then think to myself, okay, well, how does Wisconsin get to the minus 10? The total in this game is 36 and a half. So I look at that and I'm like, man, that does not leave a lot of room for error with Wisconsin. But then I think to myself, Wisconsin is actually talented. They have some sort of talent on that team. This is this is so tough because Iowa just does not have an offense to speak of. I think Iowa is going to turn the ball over in this game. I think you're going to see like two, two maybe three turnovers by Iowa that get capitalized on by Wisconsin. Hmm. I wanted to take Iowa plus the points. I really did. But I'm talking myself into Wisconsin minus 10. I hate that number. I really wish it was nine and a half, like you said, but we got to keep it live. We got to keep it up to date. Oh man. I say they win by 13. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Wisconsin. I'm going to punt the points. Ugh, that feels so gross, but I'm going to do it. Corey, did you take Iowa? I did. But you have Wisconsin winning the game. Correct. Okay. Um, This is my lock of the week. I have Wisconsin minus 10. Wisconsin, you can tell watching this team from the beginning of the season to now, they are dialing in their game plan. They are figuring out who they are as a football team, specifically on offense. Tanner Mordecai is doing the things he's best at, which is running the ball, using his legs, using play actions for big plays when he needs them. And most importantly, he is not turning the ball over. He might turn it over once in this game because Iowa's secondary is the strength of that defense and Cooper DeGene is a monster. But I think Wisconsin, they just know who they are and they're getting better every single week. And Iowa, they, they don't even know what scoring is. They don't know what half of the game of football is. And they're getting worse because now they lost Cade McNamara. So... I think because because Iowa is just so inept and does not know what they're doing on one side of the football, give me a gigantic coaching advantage, give me a quarterback advantage, give me a talent advantage, give me an identity advantage. I'm taking Wisconsin, Wisconsin minus 10, my mortal lock of the week. I did not give out my lock. <clears throat> I know it might sound crazy. Michigan, if if you erase the Indiana name and just put the players out there with a non-conference opponent, Michigan would be favored in this game by 40. So it, it just the fact that it's a conference game, I think, is knocking that number down. Michigan minus 33 and a half is my lock of the week. I'm going to be the first uh, person in big banter history to go undefeated and then winless in a week, aren't I? No, no, you're not. I mean, we, we've never had someone go 
and whatever the games are. So you could be the first to do both. Let, I think it would only be fitting. That way. Let's keep it that way. Yes. I think it would only be fitting. All right, Ethan, what uh, what surprise out-of-conference games do we have to pick this week? There's some doozies, actually. I looked at the slate for this week, and there's some good games going on. So when you pull up the top 25 this weekend, you have got you've got some pretty decent games, but I mean, there's really only one game that's like the game of the week. And that is Oregon travels to Washington. Washington is currently a three point favorite in this game. I, oh, I, I think, I think Washington is going to win this game, but yeah, no, no, no. You know what? That we're going to pick that one. We are going to pick that game. So uh, we'll get right back to it. I give you, I told you, I'll give you two every week. Sometimes it might be more. Sometimes it might be less. There's two games this weekend. The other one, Notre Dame hosts USC. All right. Notre Dame coming off a pretty brutal loss. Um, Against they while well, they lost to Ohio State and they lost to Duke, correct? <clears throat> um, they are two and a half point. No, they uh, they they lost they to Ohio State. Week. They beat Duke and then lost to Louisville this week. Louisville, that's correct. Whoa. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. Yeah, they are two and a half point favorites over USC at home. Corey, we start with you. Oh, I don't want to do that. Um, that's tough. Will there be defense played in this game? I think I need to know that if if that's if that's what we're picking in this game. Um, the over under in this game is sixty three and a half. So, oh my lord! No tear. Um, y- you would have to think that the shoe is going to drop for uh USC. Um, uh, not playing defense, but truly, I. I'm watching the performances of these past two Notre Dame uh, losses. I'm not as high on Notre Dame as I was in the beginning of the year. I was really impressed with Hartman. He hasn't really been the difference maker that everybody thought he was going to be in these past few weeks. Um, And if we're going to a shootout, there's no other team in the country that I would pick for a shootout than, than USC. Um, So I'm going to, I'm going to take U.S. or is Notre Dame's the favorite, correct? I'm going to take USC to cover. I'm I would I would bet USC to win this game. So take as Ethan says, take half your money, sprinkle that on the spread, and then take the other half and sprinkle that on the money line, and you're going to have a good time this Saturday. It's it's half a unit, Corey. Half a unit. You half of your unit, <laughs> half of your money. Who gives a rip? I'm six and zero this past week. <laughs> Shut your mouth. That means he gets to say whatever he wants, don't you know? Um, I, that is that is great advice. When the team who's the underdog is going to win, and when they're going to cover, which is not going to happen in this game. USC almost lost to Arizona last week. Arizona is a talentless football team. They are not good. And they had to go to triple overtime to beat them on a weird two-point conversion 
here we go thingy mabopper. Um, Notre Dame's going to win this game. Notre Dame's going to win this game fairly handily. This is the first time that USC is playing somebody with something that resembles a defense in 500 days. So I am going to take Notre Dame in this game to cover the two and a half. I think they get it done fairly easily. I think they win this game by seven plus points. USC is dog water. I feel so not great about this game because Ethan said the line and I was expecting USC to be favored. So I heard Notre Dame was favored and I was like, I'm freaking getting points on the team. I should like things should be favored. Let's freaking go. And then I literally took like 30 seconds to think about it. And I was like, Oh wait, never mind. This this might be right. But it's it but it's still it's still such a good line because on one hand you do have USC that just went to triple overtime with Arizona. On the other hand, you have Notre Dame, which this will be their fourth like really top tier opponent. I shouldn't say top tier, but top twenty five opponent they played in a row. They had Ohio State, they had Duke, they had Louisville, and now they've got USC. And that is a really, really tough stretch of games to go through. No buys, no breaks, elite competition. That is really difficult, and that can wear on a team. And now you're coming off of an emotionally draining game where you lost to a Louisville team that's less talented than you. I hate Lincoln Riley as much as the next person because he doesn't coach defense. But I am going to take USC plus the points in this game. I'm going to do the same thing, Corey. I I think they'll win. I think Notre Dame's just kind of beaten down at the moment. I think they're tired. And I do think USC is going to pull this one out. USC doesn't play defense. You guys are dumb. And Notre Dame doesn't <laughs> beat anybody good ever in the history of time. <laughs> they're going to beat USC. They're not. Okay. Thanks for the, thanks for the win, uh, Ethan. Thanks for giving us a game. <laughs> All right. I told you this was this was the game of the week. I truly do believe that this is the game of the week. Oregon travels to Washington, two undefeated top 10 foes. Oregon coming in 5 and 0, Washington 5 and 0. I mean, you guys know both of these offenses absolutely loaded. <sighs> At one point this game was <laughs> this game was Oregon minus 2 and a half and now it is Washington minus three. Uh, oh, you know what? Never mind. The line has moved. Well, this line this line is moving, people. It's gone as far as three and a half. It is now down to Washington minus two and a half. Oh, geez. We're, we're keeping it live for you. <laughs> we're keeping it live. Sorry, it literally just changed. So it is. It is Washington minus two and a half. Alex, we turn it over to you, you little scumbag. Yeah, I'll take this one first. Man, that line is tough. This is going this is this is one of the games where that I was referring to when I said I looked at the slate and there were some good games on. This is by far the best game of the week, I think. Two super high powered offenses, two teams with probably more talent on defense than than the casual fan would think with a game this close, give me the team who's getting points. 
I'm taking Oregon plus two and a half on the road. And you know what? I'm feeling bodacious. I'm feeling awfully bodacious, baby. I think Bo Nix is going to win this one. Okay, I think Dan Lanning has got those boys cooking. They already played a tight game this year that they had to pull out all the stops to win in Texas Tech. So they've gone through it. Uh, I can't remember if Washington's already played a close game, but if they have, don't tell me so I can sound like I know what I'm talking about. Give me Oregon plus two and a half and give me Oregon to win. I'm taking both the underdogs. Bodacious. Alex, when was the last time you guys bet against Washington this year? Do you remember that? Ethan still owes us something, by the way. Um, So don't think I forgot about that one, sir. Your super mega duper lock that you're just taking strays right now. You haven't even given your pick yet. I apologize. But um, guys, I'm going to say something here. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., best quarterback in the country right now. Um, And he's going to prove it. Uh, Home game. Oregon has kind of been the boogeyman for Washington these past uh, few years. This is where they get the monkey off their back. I think it's going to be a close game, and I would be very comfortable to say that like Washington wins on the last second field goal to get this cover. It's going to be within a score. I'm taking Washington. Give me the home team, and I feel pretty confident about that right now. Um, so, yeah, give me Washington. Michael Penix forever. You talk about Washington – uh, and the caliber of opponent. Um, Oregon's hardest game was week two against Texas Tech, and they won that game 38-30. to 30. <clears throat> So uh, home bow Knicks, really, really good. Road bow Knicks, really, really bad. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., absolutely fantastic. I, I, I just think that this is a spot where Washington, they are, they're the superior team. I think they're better on both sides of the football. I think they're better offensively. I think they're better defensively. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna punt the two and a half points here. I think Washington gets it done. I think Alex has hitched his wagon to a stupid factory, and he's just gonna let it drag him wherever it wants to go because he likes to make bad picks. You idiot! No one hitches wagons to factories. They don't move anywhere. You big dummy. <laughs> That's that's the that's the analysis I have to offer. <clears throat> no, I really do. I I think this is going to be an absolutely berserk football game. What's the over like, under? Sixty seven and a half. Oh, back twelve, baby. Let's freaking go. And hey, and hey, actually, let's say this too. Both of the out of conference games we just picked will be in conference games next year. Yeah. Yeah, like heck yeah, That's we've crazy. got we've got Oregon, Washington, and USC pre Big Ten teams. You love to see it. You love to see it. Absolutely. See, I knew what I was doing. I'm getting people acclimated to us picking these games of these teams that don't play any defense. Yeah, we have to get used to that. We don't. We don't know what that is. We we're really used to seeing teams not play offense, but the other side of the coin is something we're not familiar with. All right, ladies and gentlemen, those were the picks. That was big banter. Thank you for listening. Make sure you hit that like or that follow button wherever you're listening to us. Follow us on the socials, on Instagram, threads, and X, and we will catch up with you next week. Peace.